We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson Preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi And now, Mike Hickson I want to ask you to turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4 today. We're going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. The title of our lesson today, How Fit Are You? Imagine going to your medical doctor this week and undergoing a series of tests to determine your physical fitness. They're going to do a lot of different tests. And they're going to be trying to determine exactly where you are, physically speaking. When all is said and done, what would the doctor say to you? Would he tell you that you're fit? Would he say that there are some areas that need improving? Would there be concerns about things like cholesterol, high blood pressure, sugar? How fit would you be? Spiritually speaking, imagine stepping into the office of Dr. Jesus. And the Lord Jesus looking you over, determining your strengths and weaknesses, and then talking to you very kindly, lovingly, and bluntly about your spiritual fitness. Were the Lord to run a series of tests on you, how fit would you be? I want us to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 because in these verses, the Apostle Paul talks about godly exercise. He compares godly exercise to physical exercise. And there is a parallel. We begin by, first of all, talking about the purpose of exercise. Now, all of us know that The purpose of exercise is to produce physical well-being, physical fitness. We're interested in trying to be fit mentally and physically. And so when we engage in certain types of physical exercise, the intent is to bring about a sense of well-being. Now when we talk about physical exercise, and the body. I want you to think with me for a moment or two about the world's view of the body. The ancient Greeks viewed the body as an object of worship or devotion. The Epicureans, they believed in maximizing pleasure in life and minimizing pain. And they viewed the body as the instrument 
for pleasure. And then there were the Stoics who viewed the body as the prison house of the soul. That's somewhat of a worldview of the body. What about the Word's view of the body? That is, what does the Bible have to say about the body? Now, sometimes people will say, it's my body, and I can do whatever I want because it's mine. Well, you need to understand that ultimately your body belongs to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you. He said, which you have from God, and you are not your own. Rather, he said, you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, listen to him, which are God's. So your body belongs to God. As a result of that, we ought to do our best to take care of this body. Listen to what Paul said. In verse 7, he said, Exercise yourself to godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little. There is something to be said for exercising your body. Now in about a month, well less, less than a month, we will, the Lord willing, embark upon a new year. And every year in January at the gym, you would be amazed at the number of people that begin trying to get in shape. Happens every year. There is always a flood of people, young and old, and everybody wants to get in shape. Everybody has that intent. But interestingly, in about three months, about three or four months later, many of those same people that began the new year with such zeal and such intent are no longer to be seen. What happened? They faded. Everybody wants to be fit. All of us want to be fit. The problem is, we're not all fit, are we? And so, you think about the body that God has given you. You only have one body. You better take care of that body. Because if you take care of your body, then it's going to allow you, hopefully and prayerfully, many, many years upon this earth. Think with me, if you would, for a moment or two about the principles of exercise. Now, Paul said, exercise yourself rather to godliness. When I think about Exercise, there are a couple of things that come to mind. First of all, effort is involved in exercise, isn't it? That's why a lot of folks start strong and they fade. Because it requires a lot of effort. It requires first and foremost dedication. That's true physically. If you want to be in shape, you've got to be dedicated to get in shape. It doesn't just happen. You don't get into shape by thinking, well, I hope I get into shape. You've got to exert some effort. 
It takes a lot of dedication. By the same token, if you want to be in shape spiritually, you've got to put forth some effort. Jesus said, seek first, that means before anything else, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you in Matthew 6, 33. Let me tell you why a lot of folks aren't in shape physically. They're not dedicated. It's got to be a part of who you are if you want to be in shape physically. If your body is going to be what it could be, you've got to have the dedication to be in the gym every single day or several times a week. If you're not, it's not going to happen. A lot of folks want to look good, but they don't want to pay the price. Same is true spiritually. We want to be spiritually fit. We want to be what God would have us to be, but we're just not dedicated, are we? It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. First, it requires dedication. There's a second thing involved. It requires discipline. That's a tough word, isn't it? When I think about discipline, the word that comes to mind is self-control. Now, it takes both. It takes dedication and discipline. You've got to be dedicated enough, first of all, to go to the track or to go to the gym to exercise by the same token. If you want to be fit spiritually, you've got to be dedicated and you've got to be disciplined. In 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about those Christian graces that are to adorn our lives. He said, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. If you want to be in shape physically, you've got to have some self-control. If you want to be in shape spiritually, you've got to have some self-control. Well, what do I mean? Let's just say that you were to go to the doctor this week and he said, you know what? You need to get started exercising. And not only do you need to exercise, but you need to watch your diet. Two things it's going to take. Number one, it's going to take a lot of dedication on your part. Number two, it's going to take a lot of discipline, self-control, or willpower, isn't it? So how are you going to do it? Well, you're going to begin by walking, aren't you? You've got to start somewhere. You're going to get out, you're going to start walking every day. Well, the Bible says, spiritually speaking, that we are to walk... Watch it. In the light. In the light of God's Word. You can't be spiritually fit if you're not walking in the light of God's Word. John said, walk in the light as He is in the light. If you'll do that, He said, the blood of His Son Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all sin. That is, here's a child of God, obedient to the gospel, dedicated Disciplined to walking in the light, walking in conformity to the will of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, Paul said, You were once darkness, but he said, Now you're light in the Lord. And listen to him, he said, Walk as children of light. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Some of us need to walk in the light. Because some aren't walking in the light. Once you begin walking, then what can you do? Well, you can start running, can't you? 
When's the last time you ran? When's the last time you walked? Spiritually, we walk in the light and we run with patience. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and the weight that doth so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before us. I want you to think about it for a minute. If you're in the Christian race, you've got to run with an enduring, persevering spirit. Why? Because you're going to face trials, tribulations, temptations. You're going to have some peaks and valleys, highs and lows. There are going to be a lot of things that come your way. You've got to take the viewpoint that you're in this thing for the long haul. Christianity is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so you've got to run with patience. And then let's think about we're endeavoring to get in shape. We walk, we run, and then we need to lift, don't we? That is, we need to lift weights. You go to the gym, you lift weights. And when you lift weights, it causes resistance, doesn't it? And over time, what does it do? It builds muscles. That's what we're interested in, building physical muscles, right? What about spiritual? Are we not interested in building spiritual muscles? We lift up the fallen, don't we? Listen to Paul in Galatians chapter 6 at verse 2. When he said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Here I am lifting up a brother or sister in Christ in need. I have that opportunity. I have that responsibility. Paul said, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. There's another exercise. We talk about walking and running and lifting. What about knee bends? You go to the gym, you'll see people doing squats. And sometimes you'll see people bending, doing knee bends. Well, we need to do some knee bends spiritually. You know what those knee bends are? We need to bend our knees in prayer to God. Jesus said that men ought to always pray and not to faint in Luke 18.1. Paul said, continue steadfastly in prayer, watching therein with thanksgiving. He said that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. If we want to be spiritually fit, then there's some things that we've got to do. You've got to exercise yourself unto godliness by walking and running and lifting, engaging in knee bends. And then here's another part of spiritual exercise. Some of us need to go on a diet, maybe physically, but more importantly, spiritually. I'm going to tell you what, you can go to the gym until Jesus comes. And you can run and lift and do all these, all these other things, but if your diet's not what it ought to be, you're not going to see any progress. Not going to happen. If you talk to people that are in shape, they're, they're fit, they'll tell you that, the, that what goes hand in hand with working out is a proper diet. Let me tell you what, you'll never be spiritually fit if you don't have the right diet. And there are a lot of folks 
feeding on a lot of garbage. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, a lot of us, we love good food, don't we? When it comes to good food, we spare no expense. We go to good restaurants, we buy good food at the grocery, we make sure that we've got exactly what we want. Spiritually, though, we're malnourished. We don't feed on the Word. We don't read it. We don't study it. We don't meditate on it. And because of that, we're not fit. Can't be fit. You'll never be fit unless you have the right kind of diet. Peter said, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he said, As a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That you might grow thereby. You see, if you want to grow spiritually, you've got to feed on God's word, don't you? Let me ask you this question. Let's just say you walked into Dr. Jesus' office and you sat down and he began to ask you a series of questions. Do you walk? Do you run? Do you lift? Do you pray? How's your diet? If you told the Lord Jesus Christ, well, I've been meaning to get started walking. I I've been meaning to get started running. My intent has been to start lifting, to start doing some knee bends. I've been intending to get on a diet what do you think he'd say? Let me tell you what he'd say. You're out of shape. And you better get it right. You see, if you're not in shape physically, it can cost you your life. If you're not in shape spiritually, it can cost you your life. There's a second thing I think about. We talk about effort being involved in exercise. Exactness is involved in exercise. What do I mean by exactness? Well, if you go to the gym and you get with a trainer, they're going to ask you, what is it that you want to accomplish, achieve? What's your objective? You want to build strength? You want to build stamina? You're looking to become more powerful? Or you're looking to build up perseverance? Spiritually, if you, want to, if you want to be fit, then first of all, you've got to start building some strength. How are you going to build strength? Listen to Paul in Ephesians chapter 6. Be strong in the Lord, in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the schemes of the devil. If you want to be physically fit, if you intend to be strong and powerful in the faith, then you've got to equip yourself with Christian armor. If you don't have the armor on, you're weak, susceptible to the enemy. And then you need to build some stamina. Perseverance. Why is that? Because as I said a moment ago, 
Christianity is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you get out here living the Christian life day in and day out, and let me tell you what, you're going to face some adversities and trials and tribulations. Temptation is going to come your way. You're going to face all of these things in life. And you've got to develop a persevering spirit. That is, you've got to have the attitude, nothing is going to destroy me. Nothing's going to get me down. I'm going to ride this thing out. Here's what James said in James chapter 1. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. That is those outward trials, inward temptations. He said when he has been tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. So, some principles of exercise. And then thirdly, what about the profit of exercise? Listen again to what Paul said. Exercise yourself rather to godliness. Bodily exercise profits a little. In other words, when you go to the gym, when you get out and walk and run, it's helpful. It will profit you. But note what he says. Godliness is profitable for all things. Having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. Let me just pause here and say this. When you engage in spiritual exercise, first of all, it will bless you now. Did you know that one of the great things about Christianity is it'll bless your life right now? When you obey the gospel, you enjoy so many blessings. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 talks about the promise of of life which is in Christ. If you want to be blessed, if you want to enjoy life at its fullest, it's only in Christ. There are a lot of people in our world today, they are looking in every place, every sphere, for happiness, contentment, satisfaction, joy, Peace, and guess what? It's not there. The world doesn't have anything to offer. It may be that you're here today, and you can attest to that. You can, you can say, honestly, you can tell people, look, I've been in the world. I've tried the world. I've tried money and materialism. I've tried alcohol. I've tried drugs. I've tried this and that. And it's not there. Happiness is not there. Oh, but there's happiness in Christ. There's life in Christ. You can enjoy an abundant life right now. It's one of the great things we have to sell. Christianity sells itself. Why? Because of the great blessings that we enjoy. You think about the forgiveness of sins. There are people in our world today that are eaten up with guilt. Their hearts are heavy. They're burdened with sin. And when we obey the gospel of Christ, Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, we enjoy the remission of sins through what? Repentance and baptism into the name of Jesus Christ, preceded by faith in the Lord Jesus. We confess the name of Christ. We are added to the body of Christ. And we have all these great blessings. 
But then, godliness blesses us with the life to come. Listen again to Paul. He said, we have the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Where do you plan to be in a hundred years? Where do you plan to be? What are your plans? One hundred years from now, where will you be? You really think the automobile you're driving right now is going to mean anything to you in a hundred years? Do you really think that that bank account that you treasure so much is going to mean anything to you in a hundred years? What about the clothes you're wearing? The home you live in? Let me tell you what, in a hundred years, won't mean a thing. Won't mean a thing. Why? Because you'll be in eternity. And if you haven't exercised yourself to godliness, you're going to be in a heap of trouble. You're going to be in more trouble than you can, than you can ever imagine. We talk about the ephemeral nature of life. It's transitory. Paul said, the outward man is perishing. He said, we look not at the things which are seen, because the things which are seen are temporary. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Passing away. They'll be gone. Everything that we have physically, materially, gone. Gone. What about the eternal nature of life? Listen to Paul. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach. Because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. God is the Savior of all people. But the only people that will be saved are those who buy into God's ways. Those who see the importance of godly exercise. The eternal nature of man. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 at verse 1. He said, we know that if the earthly house of our tabernacle, our tent, be dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. You won't go to heaven by accident. You'll go because you have planned. You've made provisions. You've made your reservations. Because spiritually, you're in the gym every day. And you're doing everything you can to be spiritually fit. Let me ask this question. What if your physical fitness were a reflection of your spiritual fitness? Are you in shape physically? Are you in shape spiritually? You may be out of shape physically. And you may have a lot of work to do. If you're out of shape spiritually, that's what's really dangerous. Some folks, because they're out of shape, they're a ticking time bomb. They're a second away from a heart attack, a stroke. If somebody's faithful to God and they die, they go to be with Him. If somebody's not faithful to God, 
and they're a ticking time bomb, a lot of trouble. So what I want you to do is make plans right now. You've got 2016 before you. Let's make plans to be spiritually fit so that a year from now, if somebody were to ask us, how fit are we? We say, man, we are fit. We are what the Lord would want us to be. It only comes by godly exercise. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24. Repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3. Confess the name of Christ, Matthew 10, verse 32. The Bible says you need to be immersed in water so that all your sins can be washed away, Acts twenty-two sixteen. 16. God will put you in the church, Acts 2, 47. And you'll have the quality of life defined as eternal, 1 John 2, 25. If you're here today and you're not faithful to His cause, you're out of shape, you're not fit, we can help you. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. And the Bible assures us God will abundantly pardon, 1 John 1, verse 9. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Fastened to the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love.